right, quick. Hurry up, man. Okay. Hurry up. Here, I'll tell you what to do. No, 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 man, man, man. I ain't give you, you. You're gonna give it a shot. No, you're gonna give it a shot. I ain't giving it. No, I ain't giving it a shot. I never done this yeah, before. I ain't never done it before either. All right. I ain't starting now. Look, you brought it here, and that means that you're gonna give it a shot. The day that I bring an OD and bitch to your house, then I give it a shot. Give it a shot. Give it to me. here. Give me that. All right. All right. Tell me what to do. Okay. Uh, you're giving her an injection of adrenaline mm -hmm. straight to her heart, but she's got a breastplate. So you got to pierce through that. So what you got to do is you got to bring the needle down in a stabbing motion. I, I got I, I to gotta stab her three times? No, you don't got to fucking stab her three times. You got to stab her once, but it's got to be hard enough to get through her breastplate into her heart, all right? All right? And then once you do that, you pr press down on the, the plunger. Okay, then, what's ha then what happens? I'm kind of curious about that myself. This ain't no fucking joke, man. Am I going to oh, kill her? I'm no, no, gonna... no, she's supposed to come out of it like that. It's... All right, count to three. All right, ready? One. Three! <laughs> if you're all right, then say something. Something. <laughs> that was fucking trippy. <laughs> Welcome to the Film Punch Podcast. This is where we watch a movie and then talk about it immediately after. And I'm your host, Rebecca Martin and... Dave Klingerman. Angela Shershen. Uh, Al Kekoski. And we are going to talk about Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction, which came out in 1994. And we literally just watched it. So this is kind of going to be our you know, aftermath conversation, um, what we thought about it and all that. And I got to say, first off, seeing it on a bigger screen made me appreciate it more because there are things that I, I didn't notice. Like, first of all, with the, the heroin part, like where um, Vincent is driving the car and then you see the, the heroin thing going on. And I... I don't know why, but I never noticed that before. Like, it's kind of weird, but I just, that whole, like, you know, with the, whatever the shot thing is, and, you know, I thought that was very well done. <laughs> so, I, it puts a kind of romanticism to it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Music, right. And just when the, when you have that first rush of blood, it's done in this real slow motion kind mm -hmm. of cool thing. And, mm -hmm. And so it's 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 a very very kind of hypnotic effect. That's like, oh, for sure! Like there's a lot, like and I, it combines with his driving so well. Like mm -hmm. the stuff in the draw, the images in the background seem to like be out of sync with his driving. Right. It so captures a state of mind. I think for it. Yeah, and I noticed that when um, like a lot of the driving parts, there was like a lot of like it was different. Like with. Um, Esmeralda or whatever the Villalobos. cab, yeah, the the <laughs> cab driver. I don't know what was going on in the background, but it didn't look real. Like it was yeah, like yeah. this very like green screen. Yes. There is, a, there yeah. is um, uh, I I think it's kind of a little bit of a 
uh, to me, I always I always took it like it's and, and it very much gets an impression today of looking like a, a film noir, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the idea of the bo- the boxer who has the one last fight. That's a the 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 fixed fight, the, right? The, ga- the the gangsters and uh, the and putting and putting in the fix, the the dirty alleyway, the the cab with the yeah. smoke coming out of the exhaust. Could that have been like a '60s kind of feel? Is that what he was going for? Because uh, I, I mean, there's a very much a psycho reference in there too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Right. Right. I mean, that's uh, ripped right out of Psycho. Right. <laughs> what do you think, Angela? I guess just with the car sequence in general, it it seems like there's a lot of going up to the scene of action. I, mm-hmm. I know it's going to sound silly, but I've, I've read um, uh, George R. R. Martin's, uh, the first three Game of Thrones books, and a lot of the way wow. he writes is going up to the scene of battle. And okay. I, I think there's a lot of parallels with this, where yeah. it's, you know, you see them in the car going there, and then you get to the scene where, you know, the explosive action happens. Right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like... Um, your the ride is kind of like a ride for us. Like we are going somewhere. We're going to some destination where action is going to happen. But in the meantime, we're just going to chill out for a second and be in this cab with, you know, Bruce Willis and and then um, you know be in the the car with uh, Vincent mm-hmm. before he goes to meet up with Mia. And then what were the other? Were there other parts? Car well, scenes? The, the, I can't. The, the Royale of Cheese scene. Oh, very, yeah. They, and they the, very much are approaching a, approaching a battle. Right. It's, it's the mundane details of life. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, and I appreciate that he shows it's it's not just, life isn't just all these explosive scenes right. one after the other, that there are these sort of mundane, yeah. silly conversations. Well, that's that's that the thing for about sure. Tarantino. He's, he's so good at taking those mundane uh-huh. aspects and just, you know, putting them to screen in a way that's that's interesting and engaging. No, agreed. And uh, Quentin Tarantino, his part in the movie, um, is, is, he's so, I don't know if he was purposely being, like, nerdy, cheesy, or if that was just him in real life. Mm. (laughs) Like, I I don't, I don't know. That's the total impression of him being a, him being a total, Dork. Yeah, you know, by the dork. way, that's such a 90s word. I don't feel like anyone says dork anymore. <laughs> like, I never hear that. I hear nerd, but I, I never mm-hmm. hear Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it may dork. be the 80s. Like, they're, they're, yeah. like they're, they're tossed around during the Revenge of the Nerds days or something. Yeah, maybe. Should, should we congratulate him for surviving his own movie? And yes. Samuel L. Jackson, too. They both lived in this movie. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. It's just... This movie is is brilliant, you know, and I I can't like say anything bad about it because it's like so good. Um, what's the biggest? What's the kind of impression when the, when the credits are rolling? Are you just like exhilarated or just like thrilled at the end? Yeah, when when this one was done, I yeah, it feels good. I feel like it ended exactly where it should in the beginning, like full mm. circle, and I really appreciate the whole like weaving in the stories, like, not making it, mm-hmm. like, chronological, like, um, I, 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 it is brilliant, like, you gotta have a smart mind to, like, just piece things together like that, and, um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely cool. It's so funny that the first time that I watched this, you know, way back when I was, I think, a senior in high mm-hmm. school, I was just, like, 
I saw that first scene, and then you know they were skipping around, and I didn't really understand you know what was going on. I was like, I, I guess this is all right, but you know what's the big deal? And then I got all the way to the end, and like, okay, yeah, now they're back sense. where they started, and right. things started to like fall into place. Uh-huh. And end, I was the like, end is the beginning. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I went, that's good. Yeah, I went. All right, yeah, this this works. Uh-huh. I, this was good. I, I see why people enjoyed this so much yeah i think my favorite scene is the one where uh me and vincent go to the 50s diner like some things i noticed this time that i never noticed before and probably because it was on a big screen was that everything was kind of blurry i think that was Mm -hmm. intentional when he was because this was you know we this, the screening was sharp, you know, like, so I, I'm pretty sure it was intentional um, when he's walking in and he just sees, like, the different, you know, people and then the different, like, Marilyn Monroe and um, the characters. Considering that they were both high during that. Exactly. It so trippy. <laughs> right. And that's probably why it was all blurry. You I know. Kinda, it looked cool. I wouldn't mind going. <laughs> I know. I know. And that was the first time that I recognized that was Steve Buscemi. I can't believe I didn't catch that like the few other times I saw it. Congratulations to him for living through this one too. <laughs> right. Exactly. And he got exactly. good for him for getting you know, the, the Buddy Holly role as opposed to the Peter Laurie role, which is the one he was born to really Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I I think I, I just like this scene, seeing it on a big screen. Mm-hmm. Cinematically, and, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, so. yeah, and it's not, yeah, it's out of, um, I think, like, it's so much, I'm really, makes me wonder now looking at it, because we've had such a kind of a change since the late, mid-90s of how we approach drugs. Like, for one thing, right. I think if someone looking at it today would be like, God, they're smoking a lot indoors. <laughs> yes, yes. I had that same thought actually as I was watching it. Yeah, and like, and, right, and then like, and and then when you're like, um, I think there's the awareness of like it was a lot. I think I definitely when my first impression when I mm-hmm. saw it was to be a lot more um, just astounded by uh, by the drug use by just like what's gonna ha- oh my gosh what's gonna happen next but but now looking at it now I'm just just look at how. I just look at how, like, the drugs, especially in Vincent's case, are just used to stunt things, you know? Right. He's, Travolta, to me, comes across as such kind of just like this, like a little kid. Like he's yeah. a gangster. He's a killer gangster, but he's just, the way he reacts with Mia is just so, I, I find it really lovable how he's. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sure. How he's trying to talk himself into the bathroom in the bathroom. Yeah, he spent a long the, time in there. Yeah, yeah, he really does spend a lot of time I, in bathrooms. Yes, yes. There's like three scenes where he's in a bathroom. Well, like, and that ultimately led to his demise. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He just takes too much time Why in there. Why did he leave his gun outside? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that is really stupid. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. He he's not he's not too smart. Right. Um, he's not particularly a, no, he's not particularly a good gangster and this and I kind of I don't know if you guys ever had that impression, but I just got a sense watching it that like he was sent to Amsterdam not exactly because it was a mission. Mm-hmm. I always, I got the sense that he screwed up <laughs> and that they got they pushed him over to Europe to like let until the heat died down. And maybe he's such a screw up that the only jobs that he can get are, you know, date take my Wife out on a date. The, yes, right, <laughs> oh, that's right. Interesting. That's, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Other people would have more important things to do. Right. Right. I guess uh, when he talked about Amsterdam, it almost seemed like he took a sabbatical. And I mean, uh-huh. yeah, maybe there was something that happened, but it kind of seemed like he needed to clear his head. Right. Um, so. 
Yeah, he was. He had to be right. He was away out from his environment. He's he's mm-hmm. he's out of place everywhere when he's in in L.A. So, mm-hmm. so and um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like his reactions to the like, stuff like the milkshake and the <laughs> right. No, I. It's funny because um, and how he needs respect. We could you please could you say please? <laughs> right, exactly. Like milkshake, yeah, the cleaner. I mean, yes. no. No, no. Because right. you blew up someone's head. And <laughs> right, right. Can you say please to me because you're helping me because I blew off someone's head. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah, that that scenes with, like, Bruce Willis and that girl, I don't, the blueberry pancake girl. Oh, well. There's, it's so intimate. Like, I feel like that's the, those are the intimate scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I, I think it's interesting how Tarantino has, like, different parts for different things like you know he's got their relationship is kind of like the romance i guess and then um you know (laughs) the absurd scenes i don't know when him and um what's his name the the marcellus are like chasing that is absurd like that whole like (laughs) Scenes are. Uh, who pointed out that that was Kathy Griffin in there? That yeah, was yeah, that was yeah. Crazy. I know. <laughs> yeah. And then my question is, why is the Band-Aid on the back of his head? Was that right. clarified that or? Um, it was. It's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's clarified in the movie. There's pro, There's some inside thing as to why why Ving Rhames had some sort of um uh he had a scar there and, oh, and, okay. and the, the Band-Aid was out to cover it, but. But Tarantino made it a big, uh, made it a big, he nice like visual moment. Yeah, it was right it. in the middle like, of the screen. Right, yeah. right. You look at, oh my gosh, you look at this film and it's like, nonsense to me, like since Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark has a movie been so effective at, hot, at reve- taking its sweet time to reveal things, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, um, like how, like it takes um, Marcellus to be walking across the street in front of a windshield before the first time you really get a good look at him. Mm-hmm. And with the wolf, like, None of that stuff is kind of explained where he is. He's in some sort of hotel room. Maybe some gambling's going yeah. on, but you don't really know. Right, which I think is good because he's kind of a mysterious guy. Like, you don't want to know his whole... You just know that he takes care of things. Mm-hmm. Like, that's his job. Yes, yeah. he's, he's connected. Yes, yes. and he's <laughs> definitely... So, right, and it's so... I mean, and this is one of the things that, like, I think this movie does so well is that it... It bounces across all these different kind of feelings that you have on on a lot of how you're supposed to take a scene, and then also like like um uh, like you were saying, Angela, like it combines like these really dramatic like uh like um, thriller kind of elements and even horror elements, mm-hmm. and then it makes it combines it with absolutely mundane things. Or like when he has Uma Thurman in the car and she's ODing and he's calling and the guy's just eating cereal. While yes, watching yes, yes. You're like yes. answer and, your damn phone. And taking like, a sweet time answering the phone yeah. because he mm-hmm. he just thinks of someone wanting drugs. And That's right. And was it. it really necessary for Vincent to run into the house? Like I feel like he could have parked it I think and he then was just taken freaking out. Like, I think he that just, was just had to like run in, into the house like it was more effective that way. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was kind of pointless. Well, but, and, yeah. and hearing it with this sound system, I don't remember hearing like the loud crash when, right. he, hits, that's right. when he hits the house. So that was, that was different for me. But I do appreciate how Tarantino focuses on like certain things like, um, like Marcellus's head, you know, Mia's mouth, like, um, you know, when she walks in to go, um, meet Vincent for the first time. You see her foot go up, and then mm-hmm. they they leave. And um, yeah, it's it's interesting where the camera goes. 
Speaking so. of feet, when John Travolta and Uma Thurman were dancing, I mean, obviously we all know in real life John Travolta is a really yes. good dancer. Yes. But he's playing a guy who's, you know, kind of nerdy and right. dorky. I still like his moves, though. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I did notice, like, in the beginning, he was completely on his toes the entire time. Mm-hmm. And he looked very light on his feet, which mm-hmm. was interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that that whole scene with them dancing is, I think, magical in a sense. I. I actually remember when we had um, our meetup for the Chicago Film Lover Exchange like forever ago, and that was like our highest turnout for the the Pulp Fiction discussion. Mm-hmm. It was like a couple, it was like January, like the weather was horrible, but like at least 30 people Oh, wow. showed up at this mm. coffee place that was not easy to get to. Yeah. And it was just because this movie. And I remember talking about that dance scene and, and just how, like, you know, certain scenes in movies I, I feel like are magic. Like, just, like, the atmosphere, like, the connection with the characters, you know, how it's filmed. And you just see something on screen that, that I call magic that I... I, so that yeah. was one of those it's scenes. It's one of those iconic scenes. Yeah. It's been parodied, and you'll see over yes. and over mm-hmm. again for mm-hmm. forever. Right, <laughs> right. And I, yeah, that, that is one of my favorite scenes. But I think this time I just noticed a lot more with other scenes, like in the frame, just because it was blown up more. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot. This movie, this movie is so good. Um, and then the characters, like... Um, Ah, uh, what's Bruce Willis, the the gold watch guy. Why am mm-hmm. I forgetting his uh, name? Butch? No, but the guy who came in. Christopher Walken. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Captain Coons. Thank yes. you. Yes. I mean, he was kind of playing himself, but yeah. he just it, certain characters like that in the movie kind of. You no know. one else could have delivered that. Yes. Quite you're the way so he right. did. With like a straight face, like that's right. It's just right. It's a skill that he's like learned. Yes. Uh, that he's like learned or demonstrated aptly on Saturday Night Live uh, many, many times. How he can keep a straight face in the most ridiculous conversations and, right. and soliloquies. And, yeah, and, I mean, I mean, that's a really great story. I mean, it's a really yes. good monologue. He says, and then. Even, but he even has time to just get just a little bit extra helping a racism fit in on there. Right. With you know, an understandable you know, situation that yeah. he was in. Right. Yeah. And I I think it's important to have those backstories so when he, like, freaks out about the gold watch, like, mm-hmm. you understand why he's freaking out. And I, it's helpful to have those backstories. Story. He even says, "Do you know what my father had to go through?" To yeah, get that I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> yeah, but we, but we know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, my I mean my my favorite my favorite scene is a kind of kind of something where I think that the um, that Tarantino doesn't even just make magical scenes. I literally think he manages to pull up the magic trick to make a whole movie world like out yes. there. Like even though he's telling all these different stories and like there's some really like you get these really big transitions like the very end of the mm-hmm. Mia uh, Vincent story ends of clutch cargo's <laughs> mouth <laughs> mouth moving. Mm-hmm. That's the, but but you're but you're riding with it. And uh-huh. to me 
Like, it still remains that scene where they pull up to Jackrabbit Slims, and Mia says, what are you, a square? And then she... <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, if you don't, or yeah, yeah, if you don't I see don't, it. She, I don't think no, she actually she says... she doesn't actually say it. She, she doesn't just say it. Draws, she just draws, so draws, we draws just it. Yes. know what she's saying. They, right. He had to do the white lines to emphasize That's the right. square. That's like, right, right, right. And it's funny. right, obviously... Cl- uh, right, at that point, at that point, it's really happening. It's uh-huh. not. I mean, it doesn't happen in real life. But we are not in that. We're not in our world now. We're in. Tar- we're in Tarantino land. We're, right. we're, we're, we're like everyone can get the Jackrabbit Slims and get their five dollar milkshake yeah. and get their get their steak done bloody as hell. <laughs> and um, right. and and when and when Mister Wolf wants to drive in, he says. I'll take it takes thirty minutes. I'll get there in ten minutes, and then you literally have a caption nine to say minutes. nine minutes. Yeah, and 30 yeah, yeah. No, that was great. And <laughs> I want to talk for a second about uh, the dynamic between Samuel Jackson and John Travolta. Like, I feel like that was a match made in heaven. Like, it was I, their dynamic. I I don't think could be I mean, repeated that, with any other that pair. Launched Samuel L. Jackson's career and and brought back. John, John Travolta, Travolta, yeah, until yeah. he killed his career later on, but <laughs> mm-hmm. with Battlefield Earth, right, right, <laughs> right. spectacularly, yeah, it, it, well, as well, it should, man. Samuel Jackson is going to so many different levels on here. One, and when I look at it, when I looked at it from today, I mean, he's, I mean, he has this. You, you really tie in that, like, there's um a couple of things where he's. He's not just Mr. Badass Gangster who can quote Ezekiel on it. That's that right. was which was my first impression. It's like he has a sense of affection towards Jimmy, and he and he um and he's uh he's actually nonplussed when when Vincent tells him about the well, the uh, like this theory on the on the foot massages. Yeah, and uh, and he's even quite amazed by all the the, the ways you can take drugs in Amsterdam. So he's right. in, a, in a lot of ways he's just like he could be he's just like an ordinary guy. He just figured out he had a his badass catchphrase, and it's just the charisma that. That he delivers really makes you uh, makes you buy into the intensity of him. But he's a lot more in a lot more ways a normal guy, than, right. than, than, at least when I saw it there than than I've noticed before. And okay, it's it's, it's yeah. interesting too. The first time he delivers it, it's very intense because he's about to shoot the guy. Yeah, but then the second time he's not going to shoot him, and he's just sort of relaying the passage yeah. and not uh-huh. with the same intensity. Mm-hmm. And he even tells the guy, you know, normally uh, you'd hear this if I was going to shoot you, but. I'm not doing that anymore. Right. So it, it's the contrast between the way it's delivered is interesting. Mm-hmm. A quick aside: what what was in the briefcase? Oh yeah, that's a that's a, that's a mystery. I feel be, like I'm, I think there's essays like supposed, on what's yeah, in the briefcase. Exactly, like theories of what's in. I just know it's something that that is so amazing, and mm-hmm. it keeps people's face in there for a few seconds mm-hmm. without it saying anything. It could be anything. the gold head from Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom or <laughs> well, Indiana Jones right. and the uh, Lost Ark for Right. My favorite theory was that someone said that it actually has Marcellus Wallace's soul, isn't it? Which is, yeah, I think which, and, and they furthermore said yeah. that the band-aid so is where his soul escaped. <laughs> which is, oh which is hilarious because I don't really don't think Marcellus That's... had a soul in, ever. <laughs> um, and, I, and I still don't. But, but I, I also like how the smoking in the and when they get to Brett's place, it actually adds that like the smoke literally appears to be coming from the case, so it makes them even more devilish. Even uh-huh. when you see them, the numbers are six six six. Oh, I didn't oh, even that catch that. That's crazy. Oh, I didn't notice that yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's like I think it, it, there may be a, another quote from Ezekiel, but I, th- I I I always took that what's in the case is like just temptation. 
Yeah, I think maybe that that's sure. a gold light, and then and then you know Ringo who has no real ambitions aside from getting a bunch of money. So it's beautiful. So it's really, right. I always thought it's just like just like the kind of like just gr- low level greed that bring that that, just, that everyone's chasing after. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's a good theory. I yeah, I don't have a theory. <laughs> that's a good. I guess I'd go with that one if I was gonna have a theory. I mean, I just love how like he they're when they're getting sprayed by Mister Wolf. They're like even Samuel L. Jackson is just really self conscious. Like ah, he's just shaking his <laughs> shaking his arms, and he he looks suitably embarrassed to be wearing those <laughs> those outfits. I love that the cleaner was Harvey Keitel too. That was yeah, a nice mm-hmm. little touch. Yes, it's good because um, was it. The movie before this one, um, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, was mm-hmm. that the one before Pulp mm-hmm. Fiction? Yeah. yeah, so that makes sense that they would bring um, two two of those guys, right? Harvey Keitel was in it, and then Steve Buscemi, yeah, and, and um, the the British guy, hmm. the one in the oh, Tim Roth, Tim Roth, yes, that's right. Yeah, so there's three yeah. guys actually. Uh, a quick a quick fun a quick fun anecdote is that the. Um, Samuel L. Jackson was originally going to be uh, the role of like the um, police guy who helps uh, Tim Roth's Mister Orange in Reservoir Dogs, but oh, just due to scheduling, he, due to scheduling, he couldn't he couldn't have made it. Huh. But that would have obviously made an already amazing movie. Even I mean, even right. that much better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, do you guys have like a favorite scene or a favorite part of the film? I already said which, like, what mine was. So. I mean, if you don't, that's okay. <laughs> I guess, I don't know, favorite is tough. I mean, yeah. I like the dancing scene, but I think in terms of scenes that, you know, you carry and you remember, we you know, we were talking about the, the sexual assault scene. And yeah. Obviously, that's not, like, like Oh, that's my favorite it. part. It, yeah, but, yeah. It's, but it's, I mean, it's favorite. something that it, it stops oh, and yeah. makes you think. Yes. Yes, that's and, right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's, it's a difficult situation. And I, I think what's interesting is uh, female sexual assault is portrayed so much in movies and TV, yeah, but you don't right. really see much on uh, male sexual assault. So, yeah. Um, it, obviously, it's a really tough scene to take in. but it, Yeah, no, I think it's important because then you, you understand why Marcellus, like, they, why they end things. Like, what was going on with mm-hmm. them doesn't seem that important now mm-hmm. because yeah. of what happened and... You know, it does stay with me. That's why I have trouble watching it again. But I, I have seen it before. and yeah. But I, I think it fits it fits in well with, I guess, the landscape of the film, like how things turn out, um, you know, relationships and all that. Well, it, so, it goes in like, um, well, I mean, it connects a bunch of, I mean, it connects a bunch of things. Like right. For, like in the, the big Ezekiel speech in the beginning, he says, is Marcellus Wallace a bitch? And why'd you treat him like a bitch? Yeah. Oh, that's then, interesting. I then, didn't think of that connection. Then, like, to me, like, the impression I got while watching it just now was like, you know, Butch is not a nice guy. I mean, he's really nice to Fabian, but but he's... Yeah, like, when he's he, an asshole. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. kind of... That's yeah. the, I like the way he tells Esmeralda. You know what? Now that you told me he's dead, I, I don't feel anything. Yeah, I mean it's all it's all about him, and then mm-hmm. he feels something for his lady. But right. you know, mm-hmm. well, he's but still, even then he gets real right. He's still holding back. I mean, he's like going off on the car as he's driving to his apartment to get right, the watch. right, and he just right, right, and he's like, and he's clearly like, you know, clearly angry on the watch thing. Failed to like say that mm-hmm. it was like really important. I wonder if the watch thing is what drove him to go back because he got the watch because his father's you know partner. 
gave it back and said, you know, if it if we had traded spots, your father would be doing this for my son. That's so, a great point. So I think he he probably thought about the watch and what that's you know his father and his father's partner. Yes. Had yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's makes a, sense. That's a super. Yeah. That's a super uh-huh. super cool point because. Because when there, Zed is literally picking, and he's it literally could have been told it could have been Butch with just one e. I'm assuming writing. he already had his mind made up. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of suspect these that guys as well. were. That's that's yeah. interesting because yeah. he, after he does eeny meeny miny mo, he does the actual bonus. So, uh-huh, yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. the, the, that's right. The version of the song using the N word. Right. You knew who he was picking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's see. That's an impression I didn't. That's an impression yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I had have. the same thought actually. But and like right. Will in Willis's case, he's so he's so like he's so callous. And he gets even more callous in while talking on the talking on the telephone. Which mm-hmm. which by the way, even though I knew what was not going to happen, I was still totally caught in suspense by how it was swirling around him. Like you just figured that that was that's like a total like maybe film code word for like the bad guys being like right outside the, right. The, when he's done with the phone call. But he's just laughing. Well, forget about the poor Mr. Floyd. Let's talk about the rich Mr. Butch. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, so when you get down to that, get down to Zed's basement, it's, it's, I mean, it actually just provides that this is this one real moment of selfless redemption because he could have gotten away scot-free and like Lord knows what would have happened to Marcellus right. out there, but he makes the decision to go so into he's a that, He's that cold-hearted. He, right. He, he, Definitely, he, he has which, a mo- right. which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh huh, for sure. Um, yeah, so that that whole dynamic is interesting. Um, trying to think of other dynamics we've we've done: Samuel Jackson, John Travolta. Well, the religious part, right? I mean, like, oh, okay, right? yeah. I mean, like, it's like there's so many cold-hearted gangster films, films which just like show mm-hmm. like just hey, the gangsters pull off a caper or like right. you know, or or like they're on for one last one last scheme, but this one just introduces the religious thing. You get some worldview from both Vincent and right. uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, I I also really I don't when I don't know if I should say like the scene, but the scene where you know, um, they revitalize Mia mm-hmm. with the shot. Yes, that's another like, one that carries that, with you. Yeah. Right. Yes. But it's like, it's so intense. Like, everybody's like, get the shot and, yeah. you know, and all get the medicine other. book. And, and then you got um, Rosanna Arquette just yeah. yelling nonsense and yes. e- everything's just going on at once. And then you're like, just get the damn shot. And then <laughs> get it in her chest mm-hmm. just so she doesn't die on us, yeah. you know. And then they have to count to three. Right, one, like, <laughs> drop, drop, two, right, drop, drop. Right, right. <laughs> right. It's insane. Stupid question. When Marcellus noticed that there was like a big scar right there on You know what? They don't, they right. just don't address it. <laughs> she probably made something up about it, you know. That's a but, pretty interesting excuse. <laughs> That's a pretty yeah. interesting excuse. I, I fell on my syringe that day. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, right, yeah. I don't, I don't know how you, I don't know how you talk your way around that one, you know, but I mean, any, any excuse you can make is pretty much going to be better than yeah. the truth. Right. <laughs> we don't know what their relationship is either. I mean, right. it, it's also possible Vincent was on a date with her because Marcellus just doesn't... Take her out. Yeah. Yeah. She's, right. That they could be like pretty the remote. trophy wife. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So... Well, right, complete that. Like, there's a picture of her hanging, a big pic, a picture of her hanging right over the sofa in, Mar- in Marcellus's place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, uh, and I mean, you know, you even like the adrenaline part. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a little resurrection angle, and I always think it when when Vincent's like does three times. Like, yeah. Like, like she's not a vampire, dude. <laughs> right. Right. I know it's insane. Um, and and I would uh, just want to add that the the 
like the big screen really helps you notice out these details. And oh yeah, you know, if I, there's so many great scenes in there, but that scene is so it's bouncing along so many different levels because you're laughing at like the, like the different the art the fact that they're right. making these honeymooners right. level arguments and yeah. things and. And 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 yet the tension is still super super high. And then and then like on uh, <laughs> and then on top of all that, um, uh, Rosanna Arquette is like she's been, has like eighteen piercings, right? Yeah. And yet when it cuts across, everyone's looking really concerned as the the needle's about to go in. But then Rosanna Arquette's like, wow, she, I know, she it turns like, her like, on. Like, she's yeah. the ultimate yeah. rush for someone who likes piercings. Oh, and then and then their friend. She goes when she after after Mia looks to be okay. She goes right back to the bong. In fact, she never lets that bong go. I know she's just like totally. She doesn't get revved up at all. She just yes. kind of there in the background. Um, so we are going to start closing down this discussion. Um, I am thinking of a way we could close this. Uh, I, you know, I guess we could talk about like a movie we'd recommend, but you know, I don't want to go to, I, I don't know. Any ideas guys? <laughs> well, I, well, I'd say it'd be, I mean, I'd say it'd be really cool since this is the, I, uh, to, to punch up and impress, just a big general impression of what, how, what, what feeling you get oh, when yeah, the movie, yeah, yeah. when the movie right, like, right. leaves you. you yes. Know? That's like, a good one. That's a good one. And, I, right. What about, you want to start us out? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It'd be great. I would think, I mean, for me, I just like, I, I, I do want to not only, I want to simultaneously both watch the movie immediately again uh-huh. and then just like li- li- literally go and take in things more right. the, like when I, when I'm, when I, when I go outside or, or the yeah. rest of the day yeah. because it's, because it, 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 this movie really gives me, gives me a feeling about how things can go and change from one kind of tone right. to another kind of tone. And, and there's all sorts of just, and, and especially at the end, like in, it could be just people having a diner having a conversation, but all sorts of drama could have yeah. led people to that point. And, yeah. and, and so it's, it's kind of like a, a very much a spirit enhancer for all the, for all the dark turns this movie does for me. Yeah. No, I see that. Um, I would say for myself, I am kind of on your level a bit where it's just it it's it's inspiring it's it's a the film what it did the story it told like the the quality of the film like how it's pieced together it just makes me um you know love movies more like it's just you know enhances my drive to talk about movies, watch movies, do podcasts and all that. And it just, it just kind of, yeah, it it makes me appreciate film more. So that's, that's my initial feeling. Um, Yeah. When I, when I got all the way through it, I, at times I was trying to like piece the part pieces together to figure out, you know, where in the timeline they had had occurred. Obviously um, John Travolta's character dies sometime after a lot of the events right. have taken place, because generally the, both he and um, Samuel L. Jackson are together throughout most of it, uh-huh. either in their suits or in the shorts the and dork, and, dorky yeah, clothes, <laughs> the shorts and t-shirt. Um, so it got all the way to the end, and it's just like, yeah, this that was that was really good. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's just, uh, I'm not sure I'd want to watch it like again right afterwards. Right, I want to. S- s- Think Marinated about it some a more. bit, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just think about it some more, and you know, watch it again at, at a later date, and yeah. see if I can 
you know, work through some of the timeline stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's just sort of my impressions on it. Okay, cool. Um, well, we mentioned earlier a couple of things. We mentioned earlier, you mentioned that this movie came out in '94. Yeah, we talked about how like attitudes have changed, and yes. I guess what I take away, like when I looked at it, I was like, oh wow, this is so '90s. Yes, and it really encapsulated a lot of attitudes right. from the '90s, and um, it, it's almost like a good time capsule for certain feelings and sentiments. That's true. Um, yeah, and again, just thinking about what sort of genres of movies that came in afterwards, because mm-hmm. I was thinking, I was like. What if Pulp Fiction had come out today? I think it would have a completely different reception. Yeah, no, agreed. And I, maybe that's why it's, yeah, you nailed it, Time Capsule, because I think it's at exactly where it should have been, like, 94, because, yes, I agree. I agree with you, so... Um, Well, thank you guys for joining me with this first film punch, and (laughs) by the way, I should explain what film punch is, because I'm just like, saying it like it's a normal term um what this came to me when you know i was like what's something that could be like really engaging like something where film lovers could just come together and just have an immediate reaction to it so i was thinking about punch because when you get not that i've gotten punched before but (laughs) when you do punch you you feel something so it's like something's washed over you and it's like an immediate reaction like whatever happens so when i say film punch um you know this podcast is about watching a movie and then immediately talking about it afterwards kind and you know how it affected us so that's that's where the term came from But, um, yeah, this was a good first one, and I'm not sure which one's going to be next, but uh, stay tuned. Thanks for listening.